Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm a feminist, but when I saw Donald Trump's tweet... The president of Taiwan called me today to wish me congratulations on winning the presidency. Thank you. I tweeted, oh my God, he's so dreamy, completely assuming that the president of Taiwan was a man. (laughs) She is not. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but although I love my fella for his kindness, empathy, brains and unconditional love... I also really like that he's strong and once he carried me around the house like a firefighter. I'm a feminist, but I saw a comedy promoter had used what I thought was a really bad picture of me on their marketing and then was relieved when I realised it wasn't a bad picture of me but another comedian altogether. (laughs) Which made me realise that I must think I'm prettier than her. Was it me? No. <laughs> we don't. We don't look alike. It wouldn't have. It was no. No. no it's no, someone who know. looks like You're me. Deborah. It's someone who looks like me, but clearly I think <laughs> she looks like a bad picture of me. You should tell that person, then they can use it on no, their poster. No. No. I don't think they want a quote. 
looks not... like a bad picture of Deborah Francis White. <laughs> Deborah Francis White. <laughs> I, like I love they, it. I don't think they're that desperate for reviews. I will put that on my poster. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I didn't shave or wax my legs between ages of 18 to 24 until I got invited to a big awards night and I wanted to wear a pretty dress. It's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I've just realised that I'd rather not appear on the marketing for a show than appear with a bad picture. <laughs> That's the thing. She got on the poster. I'm not on the poster. That's the upsetting part. I just part. assumed I was on the poster. No. It's hurtful. It's, well, I was just so relieved. I was like, I cannot believe they've used that. Oh, the stuff. But also, why haven't they used me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, this is something that I remembered uh, just this afternoon, which makes my skin crawl. I'm a feminist, but when I was a waitress in my small hometown, I served some very handsome English customers who were holidaying there. The next day, when I spotted them in the distance along the beach, I said to my 10-year-old cousin, who I was babysitting, that we should have a running race. <laughs> I then stripped down to my bikini because I, in quotes, didn't want to get too hot... And then I made the finishing line in the water, maybe near that group of guys over there, I said nonchalantly. I'm ashamed to say that was the first time in my life I pranced. <laughs> I won the race and I'm not sure if my cousin drowned that day. <laughs> Did the boys notice? Yeah, I went out with one for hey! Do you know what he did? I wasn't that into him, but he was heaps hot. And um, we went on a couple of dates, but I wouldn't sleep with him because I hadn't slept with anyone. And then, because I wouldn't sleep with him, the next time I called him, he answered the phone and I went, hello? And he went, hello? And I said, oh, this is Felicity. And, and he said, oh. And I said, Phil? This is his real name. Um, bleep it out. Don't bleep it out. I don't give a shit, mate. And he goes, oh, no, uh, Phil isn't home. Uh, film Phil's out but I, I can tell him that you called. And I went, okay, what was your name? He's like, uh, Dan. I'm like, all right, Dan. Well, Dan, when Phil gets back, Dan, if you could tell him, Dan, that Felicity called Dan, and if you want to call her back, that would be great. Thanks, Dan. Okay, Dan. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dan. <laughs> Did he call you back? No, he didn't call me back. And his name was Phil Ost, and he used to say that everyone... Got football called him the postman because it was P. Ost and he thought that was so funny. A lot of people listen to this podcast that is going to get back to him. Well, leave it out of the edit. And I'm, we not, can enjoy... I'm not going to. I want him to hear it. <laughs> Live from King's Place in Guilty Feminists, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and our hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. That was really Ooh. good. I think that deserves more yeah, than really a goal. Yeah. I think that was, that was extra good, is what I'm going to say. Feel, if you feel moved by the spirit to give a round of applause at any time, don't hold back. <laughs> this is a safe space and you don't need to feel scared in this room. If you start a clap, know that every babe in this room has got your back, yeah? Oh. <laughs> She's good. This is a rally, motherfuckers. Mm. <laughs> She's good. I'm liking... Take it off my bra! 
I haven't bothered to wear one. Um, <laughs> no, I gave up on the episode around bras. I, I barely bother anymore. Actually, I think I have got one on tonight because I went to yoga. The thing that bothers me about no bras, it's not the saggy, it's when my T-shirt rubs on my nipples and I don't want to be aroused. I don't want to be in public going, ooh, that feels good, because I'm in public. I and have, that's illegal. N- I have no feeling in my nipples. I can't. Um... I am sorry to hear. <laughs> no, I don't. I have nothing. I have nothing. I literally, you could be touching my nipple. If I look away, you, we could play a game of touching my nipple or not touching my nipple. Honestly, I wouldn't know. Um, and can I just say, I, I love you all so much, but please don't tweet in to say I also can't feel anything in my nipples. Because <laughs> I admitted that I had a certain sort of. Jana? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that I need an extra small speculum when I go to the... Oh, um, the well, someone's bragging. Garden right. conscious. And, uh, and people tweet me all the time. And I love everybody who tweets me. I'm just so thrilled that they feel they can. <laughs> but sometimes I open my Twitter feed and there's like 10 tweets like, I also have a small vagina. And I'm like, oh God, I've shared too much. Mate. I don't too many people know that. Because you just feel like you're having a chat here. My and then many looks people like listen bar- to it. Barbecue tongs. There are not many <laughs> I'm there's a filthy bitch. A, I notice there's a man in the middle of each front row. Like, there's just, like, women, like, and then just a man in each front row. And I sort of need to know who you are now. What's your name? Uh, Elliot. Elliot. Do you have any more for me? <laughs> I find men are usually more willing to include themselves, Elliot. <laughs> What's wrong? Are you feeling outnumbered? Because this is how we feel in every room we're in. <laughs> this is it, baby. We go to a work conference, we are you right now. <laughs> this feeling that you've this got. This is a conference too. This is like, this is set up like a conference too. And you would be the woman sitting up the front going, they probably don't even notice I'm here. <laughs> sweating, <laughs> sweating. <laughs> Just act professional. <laughs> they probably haven't even noticed your tits. <laughs> it's true. We are actually having an event here, uh, but it's in the big room. It's in the big 400 seater. It's going to be me doing all my corporate stuff, though, my diversity and inclusion stuff. And then lunch and then breakouts with different people. <laughs> I love that you mentioned lunch. Like, just in case you needed another hook. <laughs> yeah, I lunch. Mean, I just feel I want to know that. I want to know is there lunch? <laughs> Who's more likely to come now they know there's lunch? <laughs> okay, I'm going to throw this at you. Lunch is included. Oh, that's, that's the question. Don't bring it up. Lunch up unless it's included. I thought you were saying we have a lunch break. No. And I'm like, that's not bragging, that's a legal were, were requirement. You, are you a little surprised? Are you a little surprised, Elliot, that when I said lunch has included this audience of women virtually orgasmed? I'm surprised, like, like, I, I, like it was like I'd said John Hamm is going to be there, like stripping slowly. Do you, throughout put your, the do you put your hand up when you orgasm? <laughs> I'm always alone. That's not complimentary. Sometimes there's, a, there's, a, there's somebody else in the room. I, I really enjoyed that. That was very funny, Deborah. You did after very the, well. After the included lunch, there will be breakout sessions with different uh, people. You can go and do a stand-up class. You can go and do other em- lunch empowering too. things. Empowering things. Then there'll be coffee, tea and biscuits. <laughs> included. Uh, and then we're going to have a special episode of The Guilty Feminist. Our guest 
is going to be a woman who her main job, her real life job, was working for MI5, negotiating with people who had hostages. And now she left MI5, she does it freelance. And is I was she, like, but who? Is she who? Dame Judy Dench? <laughs> no, she's got a vibe of Judy Dench though. She yeah, has got a, she, she has got an M vibe. And uh, and I was like, but who who does that freelance? Like, who? how do you get work? And she went, oh, God, there's all sorts of aid organisations. The people are gone. They've just got to get them back. They can't be faffing around waiting for amnesty. They just need to get them back. So they'll pay to get them back. And But I've got to do the negotiating. And she was absolutely fascinating. Oh, my God. And I said to Tom, I really want her booker for this. How much do you think she'll cost? And he said, well, you negotiate with her. <laughs> so Leadership. It's so if you'd like to come to it, um, it's here. If you can't afford to come to it, we are doing some subsidised places. Because um, I am going to oh, fucking yeah. make sure there are some nurses on this because they need to learn how to negotiate more than anybody yes. else. All right. Shall we keep this off? Yeah. Oh, yeah. we should yes. say the theme. Oh, yeah. The theme. Oh. Yeah, you say. The theme is sexuality this evening. Ooh. Ooh. That's the correct noise. <laughs> yes, the theme is sexuality. Lunch is included. <laughs> what was your challenge? So, my challenge has actually been going on for seven years. Yes, yes. Before this podcast. Yes, back in 2008, I must have known in eight years' time, I'm going to be on a podcast, I'm going to be talking about sexuality and feminism. I started doing stand-up comedy back in the Cretaceous period and I didn't know that there were any rules to what women and men are allowed to wear. And for men, I found out that it is not cool to wear shorts on stage. Um, I don't know if you've seen shorts in the UK. They're like a short trouser. <laughs> it's not really used it's for true. them over As here. As you said that, I was like, nobody would wear shorts here. Like, yes. it's, we wear shorts on holidays or something, but it's not yes. a thing. In Australia, people wear shorts all the time to, all the, the, time. Sh- to the shopping centres. Yeah, everywhere, all, all people the People work in shorts. So, um... <laughs> I don't know why My that's funny. My had smart shorts that he'd wear out yeah, to a nice restaurant. Dress shorts. Dress shorts. Dress shorts. Dress shorts. <laughs> Not so, even a joke. It's so hot. He'd wear dress shorts and long socks, bless him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come to no, no one felt sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> they admire his dress shorts. Know, someone's got the nice shorts on. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you have to, I think I even have dress shorts anyway. Um, I thought that that was silly to have any regulations on men because I thought funny words come out of your brain and not out of your legs, but I thought, you know, each their own. And then I spoke to a bunch of women who are comics and they said that they don't dress up too much while they're on stage because they find that women in the audience who are in couples find that sexually threatening. And I thought that was absurd until I had that confirmed by a number of audiences and also by other comics. So then when I started out, when I heard that, I made a commitment that every single gig I will do for the rest of my life, I will wear high heels on stage because I never wanted my clothes to be more sexually threatening than my jokes were funny. And so I thought that that would make me even funnier. (laughs) It didn't. Um, (laughs) Turns out you need practice for that. (laughs) So for seven and a half years, I wore high heels on stage. I did gigs in front of bikers and I wore like 1950s pencil skirts and I used to have be obsessed with dresses. I have 30 dresses now and that's after lots of culling. And then a year and a half ago, I forgot to bring my high heels to a gig and I wore trainers and fuck me, they were comfortable. <laughs> and I've been wearing trainers for a year and a half. But then I thought tonight, tonight is the first night that I've worn high heels on stage for, I don't know, like a year and a half. So I thought that I would revisit that. So that was my challenge. 
Do you know, when you came in, I was like, oh, my God, you look so mad, Manny. I thought you looked so cool and chic. It was a little bit irritating. uh, I had a whole period of uh, high heels on stage that I felt I couldn't not wear them on stage because they were giving me some kind of height or status. And I've sort of gone off that now because I'm bouncier in flats. So I feel I can move more, and I felt that mobility was more important. Maybe I'm (laughs) ageing. No young person uses the word mobility. You, I've literally never heard Just anyone under mobility. <laughs> literally, nobody under thirty has ever used the word no, mobility you know in what any word context. They use? they use the word injury. That's what. They, yeah. They're just like, I'm just going to do this till I hurt myself. Yeah. But when you're, you know, when you're 21, nothing hurts. I could run in heels I all day. Can. I trained myself. I can run and jump things in high heels and have done because I didn't want them to go. Well, you know, when you see girls with the wobbly ankles, you're like, no. So what you did some like what boot camp well heel camp training? No, I just wore them stiletto everywhere. camp. Felicity wore stiletto camp. Maybe that can be one of the things on our breakout session leadership events. Running running in heels with Felicity Ward. Yeah, that's right. You can literally run <laughs> in heels. That's the name of my autobiography. Running in heels. I have certain heels I can run in, but one time I was running to my show in Edinburgh in heels, and I found I couldn't run, well I couldn't run in them in as much as I fell on the cobblestones and cut my knee open. So then I turned up to the gig looking like a child who'd fallen over in the playground. And stolen mum's shoes. Mm, indeed. Hello. Um, sexuality has always been something that I found quite challenging. When I was younger, I was quite a tomboy, and then I sort of went through a very weird stage. That hasn't changed a lot. Um, and then... Uh, When I was about 27, I broke up with a partner that I'd been with for eight years. He'd been my only sexual partner and then everything kind of changed and I came over to the UK and I was like in one of those like, oh, I'm going to do things I've never done before and I was listening to a lot of Beyonce and trying red lipstick for the first time, (laughs) feeling terrified and paranoid at the same time. You know when you first wear red lipstick, you're like, oh, yeah, I can do this and you walk out, you're like, you look like a slut. So um, I came to the UK and, <laughs> and then you're like, but being a slut isn't a bad thing, that's alright, we include everyone. And just back and forth and back and forth, just like a ping pong ball. And so I came over here and, uh, and I tried online dating for the first time. And uh, give us a cheer if you've tried online dating. Yes, good, lots of you are good. It sounds like you've had positive experiences. Because uh, if you don't, they usually go... <laughs> I did not have a great time. I did it for six months and the whole time I was on there, I went on one date. He turned up half an hour late and lied about his age by 10 years. <gasps> yeah, he said he was 21, he was 11. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to find out if you lie on your profiles, guys, especially if your mum drops you off. It is a dead <laughs> giveaway. But the other thing I tried was I'd never been to a beautician before. When I left this guy, I went, I went I'm going to go to a beautician for the first time. And so I went to this lady and she was lovely, but she was uh, waxing my legs. And in the middle of it, she just looked up just nonchalantly. And she said, just while I'm waxing your legs, would you like me to do your toes as well? <laughs> I said, sorry, what? And she said, just while I'm doing your legs, would you like me to do your toes as well? And I said, no, thank you, no. And would you like to know why? Because I'm not a gibbon and I'm not a hobbit, yeah? So let's just stick the arrangement. A half leg in my asshole is fine. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> looking at the confused men in the audience. Going, do you think she's got a hairy asshole? <laughs> 
<laughs> a lot of hair on her head doesn't have a tash, I don't understand. Things change a lot, especially with sexuality. Like when I was younger, I was interested in men who were spirited and adventurous. And then as I got older, I just settled for a guy that didn't have Nickelback in his collection, you know? <laughs> And when I was younger, there was those sex lines that you would call up, they were late night sex lines, and they'd call up and they'd go, oh, what are you wearing? She's like, oh, something that I earn with my minimum wage. And like, that doesn't do it for me anymore. Once you're uh, over 30, I don't think that works. And so I wish that there was an over 30s hotline that you could call up that was just dedicated for over 30s. And I call up and I go, hello. And <laughs> someone answer, I go, ah, <laughs> who's this? It's Keith. I go, I would like to speak to someone else, please. Because <laughs> I'm in my 30s, I have choice. <laughs> so then someone else would get on the phone, and I'd say, hello, and he'd say, hello. And I'd say, who's this? And he'd say, it's Rowan. Yeah. Oh, Rowan. What are, you, what, are you, uh, what are you doing, Rowan? <laughs> I'm listening to you. But I'm turning off the television first. What are, you, what are you doing to me though, Rowan? I'm expressing my needs and setting clear boundaries with you. <laughs> like what? Like what kind of boundaries would you set with me, Rowan? Well, I won't be able to spend all my time with you because I have a niece and she's very important in my life. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Are you? Yeah, I'm a feminist. Holy shit. <laughs> Tell me what I want to hear, Rowan. You want to hear it? Yeah, I want to hear it. You want to hear it? Yeah, I want to hear it. All right, I'm financially manageable. Yes! <laughs> what else? I want to sit you down and talk about values and a possible family. I'm close. I'm very, very close. Give me the big one, Rowan. You want the big one? Yeah, I want the big one. You want the big one? Yeah, I want the big one. All right, I'm emotionally available. Bang! <laughs> That is a phone call I would fucking pay for. Good night! What was your challenge? Okay, so my challenge is to talk about something that I did a while ago that I don't tell people because I feel like I'll be judged if I tell it. Oh, tell I it. can't wait to judge um, you. And it's about my sexuality. And as I tell this story, I remember that in the audience tonight is somebody I nannied for and somebody I nannied for's mother. Um, I'm saying that because I just forgot when she said she was coming that one of the episodes was sexuality. So now I feel a little bit like... You have if, the fear? Yeah, well, if those people want to leave for 10 minutes, that's OK. <laughs> Um, and if you are listening at home and you know me in any way, like, I don't know, your family, and you're just listening at home, you're going, oh, I love you, I'm just, just a devil, the guilty family, just fast forward. Um, <laughs> basically what happened, it, during, I was over in New York during the Fifty Shades of Grey era, mm -hmm. and somebody there that I knew, we were discussing that that kind of thing can be kind of sexy at times for certain sorts of people, mm -hmm. not me, <laughs> others. <laughs> and uh, I, they said that they were going to a retreat in upstate New York. This friend of mine. Called Deborah. That's the end of the challenge. <laughs> uh, and they asked me if I would like to go to said retreat. So the retreat, you can really hear a pin drop, can't you? I really wish there was more. Uh, 
the retreat was. <laughs> we are all here for you. We are proud of you, and we support your sexual choices. Uh, okay. Uh, the retreat was um, uh, like a. <laughs> Challenge. No, she can do it. I will strip right now to sexy music. Just say like, it. Just do it. So the retreat was a spanking retreat. Fabulous. <laughs> and uh, it's an, it was no sex. The rule was it's really, really, really lovely uh, retreat run by... Very gentle. <laughs> it was run by a woman and uh, she ran it as a platonic... No suggestive sex. No one asks anybody else for sex. I think couples go and obviously they can have sex. But it's not a sleazy thing. It's not a money-making thing. Like, obviously, you know, you pay to go because there's facilities. But she's not making any money out of it. So it's a non-profit platonic upstate New York spanking retreat. It's a charity spank. It's not charity. It's a charity spank. It's not charity. It's just non-profit. There's no shame in that. There are some children in the world that have never been spanked. Can you not mention children? As yeah, I said, there sorry. was someone I nannied for yeah. in the audience. So, shush. It was shush. an unrelated joke and I'm shush. sorry. So, uh, she was like, I'm going to go to this thing. It's really nice. There's really clear boundaries. It's really platonic. There's nothing sleazy allowed. Would you like to come and explore this side of your sexuality, which everyone's now totally into with Fifty Shades of Grey. It's totally normal, totally normal. And everything's normal now. Everything's normal. And so I went to this retreat. Do you know, you guys have all seen Dirty Dancing, right? Okay, that place, Kellerman's, it was exactly like that. Fabulous. It was an old-fashioned uh, summer camp where there was all of these wooden, beautiful old wooden American houses and then the big main centre where everyone went down for the dancing lessons or whatever that retreat is offering. <laughs> And when I got there, it was a little bit like Louis Theroux. It was like being Louis Theroux. So although it was something I was curious about and I was interested in, when you're suddenly surrounded by it, you feel like this absolute observer and you feel so distanced from it and like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do this. Like, and they give you... Voyeurism's a different camp. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but it, it's like suddenly you've just got to kind of like be involved and everyone was having such a good time and laughing and stuff. They don't do the spanking in public. There's like little private booths. Okay. And then people play out little scenarios and they take each other off to these booths. And you wear a little badge. You wear the white badge if you're top and you wear the pink badge if you're bottom mm -hmm. and the yellow badge if you're not playing. Like you can just say, I'm not playing at the moment. And so it's very consensual. Um, and you're taking a note of that so that when you go, <laughs> you know which colour badge to wear? No, I have some jokes that I would like to say at the end. <laughs> this is my night. I'm putting this on the table. <laughs> You. These aren't jokes about you, but these are funny things to say. <laughs> you should be a therapist. <laughs> so, were you... What colour badge did you have? It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so I was sort of there and then they said so in the morning we have a pretend school so you have to act like you're coming to school and Fabulous. Uh, so and <laughs> this friend of mine had like told me you have to bring some grey and, and like navy clothes because it was like school colours but I didn't realise other people actually dressed up in school uniform yes. so I had like a navy jumper or something but they were all in like proper school uniform that they'd bought from a supply store and it was like all these grown-ups 
in school clothes. And uh, the first thing that the teacher did, who was sort of the main person who was the running the camp, she said, oh, this is Toby. He's from England. So you all both want to know each other. You're both from London. And both he and I were like, no, that's why we're doing it here. No, no, look ahead, look ahead. Nobody here from London, nobody here from London. And she kept trying to put us together. And she was like this big uh, Anglophile. She kept saying, oh my God, I just love England so much. I just love England so much. We were all sitting there and then someone would get up and teach the class and people would misbehave and then they'd get called out the front and caned in front of everyone. And you're like, I have a degree. <laughs> well, this is a wasted education. They, they, well, they'd made us do homework. And the theme of the weekend was Dickens. So, <laughs> And they'd made us do homework and... Uh, she said dick. <laughs> is that what you've been writing down? Because yes. it's not great. Um, so, and I'd had to write a special essay. And I thought, well, this part I can nail, because I did English at Oxford. And so I wrote this a really quite good essay. But I didn't... They were meant to be lined paper, and I just sort of had A4 paper or something. And so I got called out because I hadn't written it on the right paper. Discipline. And I was like, oh, my God. And it was a nun who'd called me out. Someone dressed as a nun. I assume it wasn't a real nun. <laughs> she was, like, looking at me like she was going to, you know, do this. And in my eyes, I was just looking at her like... like and so she gave me some kind of demerit or something. Right. And Which she, is she could tell. to be fair. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because I'm a very good student. No, but she could just tell. She looked into my eyes and she could see that I didn't want that. So she sent me back. But then there was a music lesson and she got everyone to play on xylophones. So everyone was, playing on, everyone was playing on xylophones. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. Everyone was playing on xylophones. And she said, right, because we have English people here and I love England so much, we're going to play God Save the Queen. And Deborah, no, she didn't say Deborah because I had a fake name. She said, I just realized, I jumped at the idea of someone knowing my real name as Banking Camp. Um, so I'm, I'm out of there now. Like, and so she was like, Susan and Toby, come out the front because you're going to sing God Save the Queen because you know all the words. So... I and this man, both dressed in like navy clothes, were standing <laughs> doing a duet of God Save the Queen to a classroom of people dressed as school children at spanking camp. And I just looked at him and he just looked at me like, what the fuck have we got ourselves into? And you were like, I have never been more prepared for this in my life. It was the most surreal moment of my life. I'm not shaming you at all. I think it's fucking awesome that that exists. I think it's wonderful that people can go, I'm into spanking, and this lady's like, I've set up a camp. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, 50, 100 people are like, oh, my God, you're into it too. I think it's awesome. I just, it's so great that you're talking about it. Yeah, well, that's the bit. And, and again... Because of the small speculum thing, people would tweet me all the time. So if you also are into spanking or have been to a spanking camp do or like tweet spanking, Deborah as do much as you can. Just could you just not tweet me about it all the time and message me and email me about it? Please don't ask to spank me. Please, please don't ask me to spank you. I love you all. That's all. Okay. That's at Deborah Francis. Why? <laughs> This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Put your hands together for the wonderful Deborah Francis Wright. <laughs> So sexuality, sexuality. I find that my sexuality is, it's one of the only parts about me that is so incredibly polar. Like, I feel like I want it not at all or all the time. <laughs> like, it's only ever, that just sounds like the worst thing ever, or it's all I can fucking think about. And I feel like I don't lose interest in anything else in that way. Like, it's, if I'm really hungry, I'm starving hungry, and I go to my favourite, favourite cafe, and I order my favourite, favourite meal, and I sit there, when the waiter comes over with it, I've never, like, taken one bite and then just gone, is it hot in here? I feel like it's hot in here. Can you open a window? I just feel like... Nah. Is this the normal fork? It's not like this is not the normal fork. I feel like this fork is like smaller than normal. And not as hard. I feel like this is... Do you want... No, 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 just... Do you mind... Like, sorry, could you just take this away? Like, I just don't want it at all now. But you were really hungry. Yeah, but I'm not now. I just don't want any... No, could you just throw this out and bring back the plate so I can hug it? <laughs> I just need to sit with it for a while. I'm like, do you mind if I nap here? <laughs> I'm like, I've never been like out in some fabulous department store. Like, you know, like you don't go to a department store and you really want to treat yourself. Like you've got to buy a dress for a special occasion. That's like a really nice afternoon. You go and try on some beautiful clothes and you find something really lovely and you think, I love this. I feel fabulous in this. And then take it over to the register and you're having this just lovely me time. I've never once taken it to the register, had the person behind the counter gone. So, uh, can I get your credit card? And go on. Well, that was quick. Or are you just going straight for the credit card into the shrine? Just like straight in there. Well, we're not going to have anything before that. Because it feels like that's actually pretty upsetting. Do you know what? Forget the whole thing. I don't want the dress. <laughs> like, now with this instant pay thing, like, you don't even have to put your pin in. What the fuck is that? Like, bit, but that's over. And that's gone. And you feel fine about that. I feel like I, I look forward to, like, a big binge of a, of a Netflix, like, Orange is the New Black, like, the new series comes out. And you look forward to it. 
to it, don't you? You think, I'm saving it up, might come out on a Wednesday, but no, you're gonna save it for Friday night when you have all of the time and you get your snacks and you think, right, I'm gonna binge this. I'm gonna watch as many episodes as I want. I'm gonna go from cliffhanger to cliffhanger for cliffhanger for cliffhanger. And never once have I just like got five minutes in and gone, I'm not into this. I'll be honest with you, at the beginning of a Netflix binge, my husband could come into the room and call me by his ex-girlfriend's name repeatedly. <laughs> I'm getting to the end of that marathon. Thank you very much. Our guest is an absolutely fabulous writer and actor. You may know her from her amazing show, Crashing. You will definitely know her from her incredible show, Fleabag. been to a spanking camp, Phoebe? I haven't, but I have been to a Japanese rope bondage night. Oh, <laughs> Fascinating. I mean, should we just jump straight in? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we could do how are you, if you'd prefer. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Yeah. I'm on the brink of telling a Japanese rope bondage yeah. story. Let's, get in. let's, not, let's not bother with any of that. If I can use a wonderful Australian phrase, we're not here to fuck spiders, mate. <laughs> Yeah, it means get stuck in. Like, let's just get to the point. That is the most Australian thing I've ever heard. <laughs> we're not here to fuck a redback. Yeah. Not here it's to fuck rot. spiders, mate. So, Japanese Phoebe, rot. we're not here to fuck spiders. Tell us about your I'm Japanese... So disappointed. ...rope bondage situation. I was actually... It was years and years and years ago and I was trying to raise money for my theatre company. <laughs> and and uh, me and uh, the couple of other uh, girls that run the company with me, we went to go and meet somebody who apparently had some money that she might be able to give to us or donate to the company. It turns out she didn't, but we had a lovely cup of tea <laughs> and found that out. And then as we were leaving, we walked past her office and she had these amazing pictures of naked people. And we were like, gosh, you know, what's, uh, what's all that about? <laughs> and she was like, well, actually, I go and draw people while they're being um, strung up by ropes. And I was like, this is fascinating. She said, actually, there's one this Thursday, Japanese rope bondage night, would you like to come? And all exactly the same time, the two girls I was with went, no thanks. And I went, yes, please. <laughs> And I was like, fuck! <laughs> I was like, I can't go back on this. I'm going to fully commit to it. So you went on your own? I went away and posing as her fellow artist. So oh, I yeah. had to sit on the stage. I can't draw for shit. <laughs> I had my amazing big canvas thing and I was drawing. And they'd keep going up to me going, can I see? I was like, no, I'm very <laughs> private, actually, about my, about my work. It's in downstairs of a pub in Camberwell. And it was fetish week. I didn't know that either. I didn't know I had a week. And downstairs in this pub, and I walked in, there were girls being tied up by ropes with a man kind of hysterically giggling and running around them as he was tying them up. And there were women attached to the ceiling with guys kind of heaving them up. There was one girl who could string herself up and then she'd like... She was amazing, actually. And then she'd uh, pull a rope and then she'd come like flinging down and end up sort of like... Are you sure like you weren't there. at Cirque du Soleil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a dirty Cirque du Soleil. And then a um, bit in a really small, slightly smelly, <laughs> sticky pop room. for a bit of funding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, 
um, and then I sat down and I had to draw away, and I did. I drew many, many stick men and women uh, trussed up to the what? ceiling. But Wouldn't the... that just look like hangman? <laughs> it really did. It was quite bleak, the pictures. But I was overwhelmed by the sense of camaraderie in the room, and I've never forgotten it, because it was the first time I'd been to something that niche, and especially when it's a sexual niche, I think people feel like when they really have found their their people, so to speak. And the um, the mood in the room was just so generous and open-hearted, and mm. it was lovely. I just didn't really want to leave. And then I did suddenly really want to leave very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but just for ages, I just felt like um, it was a very liberating experience, and I felt really privileged to be there with them. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. Your show, Fleabag, yes, which was live and then um, a TV show, it explores female sexuality in a sort of millennial feminist but also sometimes not feminist female sexuality in a sort of really large, sort of throbbing way. <laughs> the, the thing that I think about Fleabag, who's the central character, yeah. is she always wants to be desired, but she doesn't seem to be enjoying the sex much. She's often looking to the yeah. camera going, oh, God, when's this going to end? And it feels like the exciting bit for her is that being wanted. Is that true? Yeah, and she says that, the character... Uh, as I say she... It's a thin line. Uh, <laughs> say that, uh, that she says, I, I love everything about sex, the performance of it, the drama of it, the awkwardness of it, but not really, doesn't really care for the feeling of it. And that's something I was really, really interested in writing about anyway and had felt that actually the desire of being desired may have actually been the thing that was making me look for sex at some point in my life. And then that was happening on a much smaller scale in my own life and it was just sort of, a bit of time in my 20s and I was feeling a little bit like that but I just thought what if that actually ended up dictating an entire life mm. but I began to realise that so many women as they're growing up are taught about sexuality and what's sexy but it's so rarely a conversation about what a woman might find sexy it's how a woman must be sexy or appear sexy or what or how or sexuality or pleasure or any of that kind of stuff comes into the conversation so late in terms of your own pursuit of pleasure or sexuality and I think that was kind of something that was happening to Fleabag as well that she just hadn't considered that that much and in her life she knew sex as something that she could use to control and have validation about and have power over. Do you think the character had not spent time exploring her sexuality and actually exploring what she likes to do in sex? Do you think now looking back on it that it's something that she just tolerates so she can get to the next pursuit is that too deep a question for a no, no. fake character? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I had decided that the rule for Fleabag was that she thought that sex brought bad things, that if, when sex was involved, bad things would happen. And actually in the play, more bad things happen as a result of sex and then they do in the show. But, and I think that came from the fact that she's that she, her having sex with certain people leads to certain tragedies happening. But the fact that she wanted that to have sex with certain people in the first place, I think shows a need for a validation that runs deeper in her beyond the bad things that have happened in her life. And when I was writing the play particularly, I, I sort of measured that as much as I could against her own personal experience of how she values herself as a woman. So mm. when she sees like just marketing campaigns and she watches a lot of porn and all those sorts of things, she starts to decide that actually her value as a woman and her sexual value is based on getting the prize which is the man rather than the pleasure itself so yeah I think it's she completely overlooked that side of it I kind of do relate to that though like I remember when Grinder came out which is the, the app for gay men sort of finding each other and I was with one of my gay friends and he was like yeah he's in the building he's in the building haha look at this big penis I could have that right now and I was like yeah but that penis was erect 
before they saw you. So that's an irrelevant erection for me. I need the penis... Focused erection. Well, the penis needs to have... The erection needs to happen because the penis has seen me, very specifically. It cannot just be erect and adjacent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not all interested in that. If you walked in on a guy masturbating and he was like, hmm? Do you want to... You wouldn't go, oh, I mean, if it's there, yeah. Because I I just couldn't... I honestly can't be turned on... For the, in fact, I would prefer that the penis had been flaccid for some years <laughs> before it saw me. And then, bang, sprang to attention because of this. See, that is my dream. See, that <laughs> is not my experience. No. <laughs> oh, I do have a friend, though, once, who told me she was going for a meeting with this guy. She was free lunch, she had her own company, and she said so often they'd agree to meet you, but like only at six o'clock at the, sort of the end of the business day. So this was totally normal. And she said, I had a sort of, I thought a bit of a flirty vibe with this guy, but absolutely nothing more. And she said, I went into the office, and the bigger, wider office was all dark, and I thought, oh God, maybe he's forgotten about the meeting. But I went in, I found his office, and there was, I could see a light under the door. And she said, I opened the door, and he was lying stark naked, on his desk, like that, with his arm up, and there was a spotlight on his erect penis. Imagine, oh, yeah, God, I okay, love that. one, yes, <laughs> absolutely love that. Like one, gross, but two, imagine having that self-confidence. Yeah, sexual confidence. I said, "What did you do?" She said, "Oh, well, he'd gone to all that trouble, so I hopped on." <laughs> sure you hadn't had a snog with him? She said, absolutely not. Nothing more than a bit of a flirty vibe. But she said, I thought, I'm going to sleep with him at some point. I might as well now, because he's gone to all the trouble, you know. And he's, made, he's gone. She said he'd hung a spotlight. Like, it, to be... he hung a proper spotlight. No was, irony. No was, irony going on. No! And just... she said the saddest bit, though, was that she said he must have gone and got himself a bit drunk to get the courage to do it. And he must have gone and got himself a Burger King afterwards. She said after he finished, he leant down and picked up a Burger King Fanta and sipped this Fanta. She said, that bit was really upsetting. <laughs> she said, oh, a Burger King Fanta, that's really unromantic. And that's... <laughs> that's no dessert wine, is it? But imagine opening the door, seeing that, and smelling a Whopper. <laughs> and she still went ahead with it. See, I've always been very, very torn because I've always had in my head, I've been very sort of sexually ambitious, but never been able to convert that. So I'll be quite, never. What does that mean? of those words mean? Sexually ambitious, <laughs> can't convert it. That when I came into puberty, I came into puberty very late. <laughs> um, and so once sex was an option for my body, I was like, I think that I'm into this, but I was also terrified of that. And then I met someone when I was 18 and we were together for eight years. And in that whole time I had moments, oh, this is a very personal thing to say on stage. Oh, you haven't stopped though, have you? Um, (laughs) That I was jealous of my friends who were going out there and sexually gallivanting when I was in a relationship, in a monogamous relationship. So I would go to bars and with my friends, I would flirt with a guy very early on, say that I was engaged, which we were, and then would still aggressively flirt with him. And then if he went with someone else, I would go, what's wrong with me, mate? 
when I'd clearly told him I was engaged and unavailable. So I still wanted all the other things that people in my early 20s wanted, um, but I couldn't achieve it. And then when I was like 27 and was single for the first time since I was a teenager, what a terrifying world that was. <laughs> and I was sober, so I wasn't drinking. Have you ever heard of a sober one-night stand? No, there's a reason for that. <laughs> But like I had to do all my teenage exploration and feeling confident and making bad and good decisions as a late 20 year old. And was it driven by your kind of animal need to have sex or were you, yes. was it driven also by curiosity and needing Both, to feel like... Both, all of it. But also when I was in a relationship, he was the only person I'd had sex with and I just sort of let him lead. I was like, oh, you probably know what you're doing. You're a couple of years older than me. So like my genuine needs in bed were never taken into consideration. Not from him, he was very inclusive. But me, I never went, I wonder if I can get a bit more out of this. That never occurred to me. I have a lot of conversations with young women where they say that what they want to know is like how to give good sexual good pleasure. Good sex, but not receive just not really occurred to them that it's, it's the same okay. thing about what's sexy and not thinking what's sexual yes. for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, how can I? It's true, when you talk to young women or even with the experience of being a woman, it's all about what can I get dressed up in? Yeah. I've got a friend who said that he has had sex with a lot of women and um, he said that you could literally draw a line down a certain age that the girls would be having sex and he could leave the room and they probably wouldn't even notice because it's all just like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> this whole time and it was this amazing performance and he'd sort of be like, this is incredible. Oscar-winning performance, but I could just go make a sandwich, and I don't think she'd notice. <laughs> and then, and then there were women who were above that age. You know, it was a bit more of a connected affair. And um, people, please stop that. Yeah, <laughs> let's try something else, yeah. shall we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how much do you think millennials are different, or even younger than millennials? Kids that are at school now and coming out of school, there's so much less binary going on. Like. I don't necessarily identify this way or this way or there seems to be a fluidity that's coming with society allowing that. Yeah, and the stigmas are falling away. So people are going to be encouraged to be experimental from an earlier age or just, yeah, I feel like whenever I speak to, I mean, I, am I a millennial? I'm not a millennial. Are we millennials? Uh, I don't know. We, mate. We are in a different age category. <laughs> are we? I'm we say timeless. Me in, as a, I'm, t- I'm timeless in my age. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, I think you're millennial. Well, Fleabag's certainly seen as a millennial comedy. Mm. I think, well, yeah, yeah, you're millennial. Totes. <laughs> Are they dicks, though? Are they total dicks, millennials? <laughs> no. <laughs> not all millennials are dicks. Hashtag not all millennials. millennials. The more that you push on a door, the more you go through a door, the more you discover things. That's what I think. Like, if you never get to go to spanking camp, you never find out <laughs> exactly. about yourself in that way, whether that is for you or it isn't for you or it's a little phase for you or not. And we were talking before in the dressing room about kissing girls at parties. Oh, yes. I, I read this thing about um, somebody decided to interview a whole load of girls who admitted to kissing each other at parties to get guys' attention or to get drinks bought for them or that kind of, you know, classic fair. And they decided to interview as many of them could see how many of them actually decided they might actually be bisexual or gay after that moment. And so many women went, they were doing it kind of for the crack, and they went, actually, I think I might really like her. Or like, (laughs) that was really nice or something. And it did actually open that door um, for a lot more women than than this uh, researcher had expected. Can I ask, did you both kiss women when you were teenage? Yes. Me too. Only one. Oh, it's my best friend. She wasn't very good. (laughs) 
And if you're listening, Flick's best friend, <laughs> you weren't very good. <laughs> does she know she wasn't very good at kissing? I don't know. Well, she does now, because she clearly is going to listen to this. Yeah, I've kissed girls. I was a late bloomer like you because I was a Jehovah's Witness when I was young, so I didn't get to do anything at a normal time. <laughs> you guys did it all the time. <laughs> no, we, we weren't even allowed to masturbate, so I didn't... How did they monitor that? <laughs> With a Bible-trained conscience, Phoebe. <laughs> you can make anybody do anything or not do anything if you're guilty enough, but now we've looked back, all the ones that have left, which is nearly all of us, when we get together we discussed what were you really doing what were you really thinking and we've asked the boys like were you really masturbating and they're like of course we were of course we were and then we just feel guilty and we try not to and then we do it again and sometimes we confess to the elders and sometimes we just go look a boy's got to do what a boy's got to do but all of the girls were not masturbating all of them because if you don't start as a girl you never kick the need into play so I didn't masturbate until I was frighteningly old Um, and doesn't matter because, no, because if I tell you, I feel like it's going to reveal... I think masturbation... No, I'm not trying to put this on you, but I think that this is actually a perfect forum to talk about masturbation because there's so... No, there's so much shame about masturbation with women when you're doing it, when you're not doing it, how you're doing it. When I saw masturbation on films, I'm like, I don't look like that. I'm a monster. <laughs> I think it was maybe Sarah Silverman has a joke that, you know, in movies it's a woman and she's lying back on a bed and the sheet's just draped over her leg and she's like one arm up and just touching herself sensually. And she makes this joke, I think, where she's like, I'm face down, I'm biting a pillow, I'm furiously like lots of different women explore themselves in lots of different ways and when you only see a movie of beautiful women touching themselves gently for 45 seconds and then all of a sudden they have this gentle rainbow pleasure explosion not like oh what can I put on myself to make this happen quickly because I've got to get it out of the way because I need to focus today or oh my god I've got a mock exam for my high school oh I better just masturbate eight times instead of doing that oh finals the are finals. so horny aren't they no yeah. like finals, I yeah. wish god I mean if, if someone my age I'm 36 and if I was 17 or 15 listening to someone my age talk about masturbation I would recoil in horror so I understand if you are disgusted by me talking about that but I wish that someone had said yes it's fine yes we all do it have a look on the internet there's heaps of different ways to do it whatever gets you off gets you off do it as often as you like I wish someone said that to me I was in my 20s before I masturbated once yeah I do think that's uncommon really no I I think it's uncommon just everyone just shut their eyes shut their eyes this is how we do it at the Guilty Feminist okay say mmm say no If you didn't masturbate till you were in your 20s. Oh, that's interesting. Say, mm, if you masturbated in your early teens? Late teens? Oh, before early teens? Oh! Uh, still haven't done it. Huh? Good girls. <laughs> Could be or older than 20s? Everyone's opened their eyes, I know what I'm saying. <laughs> 
actually, when uh, I talk about in the play of Fleabag, she has a lot of really nasty wanks, like really like, one of those like drilling kind yeah. of things. And um, <laughs> and they can't feel anything. Just like <laughs> and um, she uh, and also about really weird things. Um, yes. There's that hilarious bit where she's on the laptop watching Obama. Oh, that's not a weird thing, that is. <laughs> Is what that Watching is. Watching Obama just give a speech, and her boyfriend wakes up and sees her masturbating and then gets really angry. And she goes, No, no, I was just watching the news. And he goes, well, What was he talking about? What was he talking about? And what did she say? She doesn't know I, I think she says Iraq, and he just slams the door and goes, She was talking about democracy. <laughs> way that we're talking about masturbation now seems to be the way virginity used to be talked about so saying like oh uh, I didn't have this experience when I first lost my virginity I didn't have this experience and now it's more so about our own pleasure and being like oh I didn't have this experience I don't get off in this and stuff like that so do you think I don't know like what were your own experiences in virginity as well as masturbation were they different they must have been like quite far apart in terms of time frame and like, was the experience different? Obviously, I mean, mine was not far away in time frame. <laughs> mine was the same evening. <laughs> mine was a few years apart. <laughs> what, your, is your first but, time's never your best time, is it? Well, mine was okay. I all, always heard horror stories, which, if any young women are listening, it should not be painful the first time. If it's painful, spend more time on foreplay. Wait until you're ready and then do it. A uh, little public service announcement there. <laughs> From oh, Dr but, Ward. But can I just sort of hashtag inclusion? If it is painful, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you at all. Because some people have very small vaginas. <laughs> Please tweet me to tell me about yours. Sorry, I actually... No, you're absolutely right, and I apologise for saying that with such strenuous vehemence. You don't assume it has to be painful. Yes. It might be in your case, but it also might not be. And don't just jump straight in there with your pay-as-you-go credit card. <laughs> you flip and just expect. And don't be afraid to use lube. I came to lube very late in the day, and that is a little godsend. <laughs> Get into it, mate. That's as Australian as we're not here to fuck spiders. <laughs> Do we have another question from over there? Or oh, there's someone in the front row? Um, so I had a question about masturbation and um, guilt about it in general. I remember like um, when I was younger and I masturbated, I literally felt like the scum of the earth and like I had done a terrible thing and nobody else my age was doing it and I was literally awful. And I wondered if you have any advice about how we can help other young women in our life not go through that experience and how it can become sort of treated the way that guys treat masturbation? Well, I'm doing this podcast. And <laughs> this... Yeah, 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 yeah. I do think that's right, though, because a lot of teenagers will watch Fleabag because it's BBC... It was BBC Three first, so you can watch it in your bedroom, away from your parents. Like, when I was a teenager... But it's still I not the healthy... Watched... Like, she's, she's not a kind of healthy example of, like, healthy... Oh, no, Although true. the only time she actually orgasms, someone pointed out to me the other day, in the show, is when she's masturbating. No. Um, don't know what the significance of that is. Also, you but... masturbate, not you, the character. Um, no, no, I was doing it. I wanted the... it to be real. <laughs> <laughs> the character masturbates. Oh, where are you going to find out that 
flea wrap is a skin flick. <laughs> Can I say one thing before we are kicked off the stage? I want to say we, I mean me. Um, what I loved about that scene is, uh, as, and I say this, I, I, the only reason I share things is because hopefully someone will go, oh, thank God. Yeah. I never masturbated during sex until I was 28 or 29. It didn't occur to me. I didn't think that that would be a good idea and I was actually worried that my partner would think that was exclusive to him. It was so wonderful when I saw that in Fleabag. I know it wasn't for the correct reasons because she was like, <laughs> get out of my way. But I think that that's also something that I didn't know that you could even do. Well, it looks like your partner's failed. But it actually can be a really nice thing to Well, do, some men find it? I think some people, some partners, find it a real turn-on to see somebody, to see their partner... Also, if you're just a bit knackered, you're going to do it better on your own sometimes. <laughs> just to get on your own. Lights out. <laughs> wow. And that, ladies and, and gentlemen, that <laughs> is this episode of The Guilty Feminist. Together on your own, lights out. If that's not a hashtag by 9pm, I don't know what will be. What have you got to plug? I don't have a lot, to be honest. I'll be singing All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey as Chicken Karaoke on my Instagram page next week. <laughs> be there. That's it. It's Do you want to give us, give us a couple of bars? That's it. No, mate, no. I don't want to give away the magic. <laughs> I, sing it, I sing it as a chicken, though. I have something called Fair Chicken enough. Karaoke that I do on my Instagram page, and I have a really good time. Phoebe on a bridge. Have you got a vision? Everyone go home. <laughs> and have a really, really, really This week and next week at Soho Theatre, yes. but unfortunately it's all sold out. It's sold out in 13 minutes. Um, are you doing any other... Is there anything else coming up that you'd like us to watch or listen to? Blue Bags on iPlayer? Yes. If you haven't Blue watched it, iPlayer. watch it. If you have watched it, watch it again. Um, <laughs> I would like you to come to Global Pillage, which will be here in this theatre here live, and uh, the audience gets to shout out answers. It's inclusive, it's diversity. And I just read on the um, official figures, we have booked the most female guests of any panel show in the history of Britain. <laughs> Female, the next closest is 60%. So we're kicking ass by 9%. And also book for the Guilty Feminist International Women's Day Leadership Event, guiltyfeminist.com forward slash include yourself. So you can follow the Guilty Feminist on Twitter, which is at guiltfempod. Check out our Instagram, which is instagram.com forward slash theguiltyfeminist. Like our Facebook page, sign up to our mailing list to get notified as soon as a new episode is released. And please go to iTunes and rate, review and subscribe. It helps other people find the podcast. Give it five stars. <laughs> you have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, special guest host, Felicity Ward, and our very special guest, Phoebe Wannabridge. The recording engineer was Chris Sharp. The music was by Mark Hodge. The producer was Tom Salinsky from the Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Zoe, Meta, Lauren, and everyone at King's Place, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, go to guiltyfeminist.com. Let's go, Kieran. Let's go. And fuck, can I remember this, this bit? This is the bit. Hang on. Hang on. Bear with me. See, lots of comedians will try and iron over their, their little <laughs> thoughts. Not me, mate. You're all coming down with me. The ship is sinking together. We're going to fucking Titanic this bitch. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com